just made accidentally the biggest fucking Manhattan ever. You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club. Brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case scenario for City for right more. here. And it's stopped! Yes. And it's stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh! Oliver! Justin Oliver! will break the scoreless tie. Well, then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal! goal! And it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes! City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Soccer is almost back. Pitches, welcome to the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City SC. Uh, I, as always, I am your host, Nate Morales, joined by my wonderful co-host, the always glowing soccer mind, John Bisworm. <laughs> <laughs> John, we're just counting down the hours here, man. It's a matter of a matter of minutes, uh, you know, nanoseconds until soccer begins, until the Minneapolis City season kicks off. Uh, Week after week, we're telling it. We tell it. We tell ourselves it's almost too good to be true. It's hard to believe, but now it's right in front of our faces. Are you ready, dude? I mean, this is a big week for me because, and we'll find out a little bit. Uh, you know, once we get into some of our guests here, on on, <laughs> I'll be supporting a coaching staff this week. Uh, Adam's gone. Dan's gone. I'm going to be helping with operations for the the, the match against Karen. So I, I have a lot of logistics stuff. I've really been doing soccer all week, and it feels like a game, like a, a legit game week for me. Um, and I'm super excited. Especially, I went to training last night. And the guys are buzzing around the field. It's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. That is super exciting. Well, you know what's more exciting is tonight's show. It's uh, so many interviews. Uh, two interviews actually. We are going to be talking Crow Camp first. We got Mito Yusuf. In the house, uh, he's going to be on the horn talking about the best summer ever that your kid is going to have. Uh, we've got a little <laughs> bit more on the upcoming friendly against Karen FA, and then it's Thursday with Tori. Uh, City coach Tori is is in the house, and we are really excited to talk to her. She has had such an impact on this club. I'm really, um, I'm really pumped. This is going to be a good interview, John. You can just taste the soccer on the air. So let's let's go. Let's I got it. the I got the rubber turf pellets just in my teeth. I can taste it. Oh, my strange addiction. We are going to get this week's show off with a bang. Uh, we announced three weeks ago that the club will officially be dipping its toes back into the summer soccer camp waters in 2021. And with us today is one of the men who is the, in the front of that conversation. Please welcome back to the show, Midu Youssef. Welcome back, Midu. How are things going, man? Great, man. Thank you for having me. How are things with you? You know, just ready for the season to start, which we'll get into in, at the end of uh, our conversation here. But things are good, man. Really happy to be talking about the fact that we're we're getting back into uh, the youth arm of what we can potentially do. I mean, you're newer to the club, but we've tried this before. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of, of clinics that we and, and or any sort of camp that we had originally started out with the coaches doing it. And then they were doing it like, you know, the, an, a two hours before game time for 30 minutes. It really never took off because it was kind of a logistical nightmare. Um, and we didn't really... We, we had we were stretched so thin at that time where we didn't have things totally ironed out. Um, so we made the collective decision as a club to just take a step back on that type of outreach, table it, and then and really try to fully bake the idea out um, into into what I, you know I think we're we're at right now. So tell us a little bit about how this idea kind of got life uh, breathed into it, and uh, and and kind of what what to expect here for for camps for kids, you know now that it's back on the table for the club yeah i mean i'm definitely i'm definitely excited for this opportunity uh jonah and i were you know we're speaking a little bit about this and we kind of decided we we wanted to to kind of dive into that situation and kind of have 
an impact on the community um, around us. I, I had the idea. I was, when I played in Seattle, I had my coach, he had a used soccer clinics over the summer and that's kind of what I worked on and just kind of the impact that he had on the community and kind of just um, kind of raising the kids the right way or showing them the right way to play the, the game is kind of was my motivation or is my motivation. I think looking into today, we want it to be someplace where, you know, it's fun for the kids. Uh, it's a place where, you know, a parent can drop off their kids in the morning, 9 a.m. and come pick them up, you know, after they're done with work. And it's kind of just, you know, a trusted community where we're here to just make the kids have fun, but also teach them a little bit about soccer. So in the in the club's official announcement, you were quoted saying that, you know, this you, and you mentioned it just just now that this, this kind of is your passion. And but it, it was kind of leading back to the days when you were when you were a youth playing soccer, really just for the fun of the sport. Tell tell us a little bit more about what you know, what that meant to you when you were younger and, and what it really means to to you to now take this next step. But maybe it may a little bit further than what you, what you already mentioned. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I was born in Egypt and I, I lived there until I was 11 years old. And kind of the love, the love of the game came from just playing street soccer with no structure, you know, you just me and my cousins and friends and just coming out there and getting 2v2, 3v3, you know, and just kind of really just enjoying the game, enjoying dribbling, enjoying passing and just you, you kind of learn by just doing, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I came here, when I was 11 years old, I kind of got into a more structured where it was clubs where just like, all right, this is what we're going to do for practice. And it's kind of like that free flowing is also not there where you're there to play a game. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I want to bring the two elements where you're there to enjoy, enjoy it and for the kids who are there to enjoy it, but also get something out of it, have a little bit of structure, but a little bit of freedom for the kids to be able to enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Have you guys, so you and Jonah, as you were talking about this uh, together, like what did, what kind of a conversation did this idea come out of? Like, were you guys sitting around being like, Hey, wouldn't it be great to hang out with some kids or were you both, I mean, you both kind of have, um, you know, Jonah is a coach or does like to help. I think he coaches at Augsburg, right? Uh, mm -hmm. He helps out there. Um, so obviously that's a big part of it, but like, as you guys are practicing, playing together, hanging out, like when does the idea of starting a camp for kids over the summer come up? Yeah. So like I said, I, I had um, this kind of experience before when I was in college and actually Sam, Samo was there too. And we were just kind of talking about, Hey, wouldn't it be great to get involved and, you know, have our own structure you know, because Jonah's a coach, I'm a coach, but we kind of yeah. follow the structure of a club where it's like, okay, practice, this is what you got to do. But kind of just having Jonah and I's structure and then, you know, his Im impact on the kids and how many and the different types of kids we can bring in, whether um, it's from Minneapolis or from Eden Prairie, we kind of have the same impact and kind of teaching them the lesson as we go. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why it's actually works perfectly for Jonah and I is because Jonah's kind of that educator type of thing, or he's, he's the soccer coach kind of thing. And I'm more of a logistics kind of guy. So I think <laughs> that that type of thing kind of helps us out where Jonah's the one that's going to be always there, um, always on the field. And I'm going to be kind of doing behind the scenes type of work. Sure. Are you, are you going to bring in any other members of the of the team to to help you guys out? I know you mentioned Samo. Is there anyone else who expressed any interest? Yeah, I mean, we're we're always open. We our our goal was to bring in as many players as possible to coach the kids because a lot of a lot of the Minneapolis City guys they have experience that not many coaches in Minnesota do. I mean. Max played D1. He went to a bunch of NCAA tournaments, um, like Sam Ruiz. Sam Ruiz. Um, he won a national championship. 
So a lot of these guys have experience and love the game so much that they're still playing it at this level that I would love for have to have them there and coach um, these kids. Sure. I mean, that's – and then plus there's hopefully going to be some city volunteers and stuff, and and uh, it'll be – it's like a real camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a re- it's a real thing, and especially, uh, you know, with you on the logistics side, that'll be um, – that'll be good for, for parents to know like what considering that they've got, you know, there's a ton of options out there for summer activities for their kids. Right. What is really the plan from these camp for these camps that it's going to make them stand out to the average parent? Uh, you know, what do you, you know, what is, what's going to be different about around this camp than say a, you know, like a, just a summer, a whole summer long soccer program or something. Yeah. So for me, this is for me, the reason why I think this, when we start getting in, we're rolling into it. The reason why this will be different is just, it's all about the kids. Sure. You know, so I know, and it's, it's not just like you drop your kid and then we kind of just like, let them do whatever we want. Like we put, we put in the time to set up, a nice structure for what, <laughs> what we're going to be doing um, during these camps. And then just like understanding what the kid wants at, at these, at these camps. So for me, we're going to have one coach per 10 to 12 players. So then we can actually focus on each kid and making sure that everybody's getting the attention and the detail they need. Yeah. That was, that was kind of my next question is like, where, it's not like you're just dropping your kid off and they're just going to mess around all day. Like where, where on, where on the spectrum are these camps going to fall? If like, you know, one is <laughs> loose pickups with randos and 10 <laughs> is like the beep test that makes you run. A cube. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it's like, it's finding that, that balance in between for me, we are. So the kind of the format that we have is, we would start out bringing everybody in, you know, bringing the kids in, you know, talking to them about the camp, talking to them about like values and things like that. And kind of going into a demo of someone will demo what skills we will be working on during the day. And then sure, we'll have about the first practice is going to be just kind of skills practice, teaching those skills. And then, We'll take a little bit of a break, go into another practice with a different type of skill, whether it's dribbling, passing, uh, defending. And then at the end, by I think 11 o'clock, we go into a scrimmage, a World Cup type of thing with 5v5s and, you know, get those competition uh, started. And then we kind of do, after that, we take lunch from 12 to 1. And then after that, we kind of follow the same the same thing we did in the morning, but with different types of skills. Different skills, do it all over again. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, what's I mean that was going to kind of that kind of answered my next question is like what that mix is going to look like between drills, lessons, free play. It sounds like uh, you know starting with demos, showing kids what's possible, and then getting into getting into how to do it, and then giving them an opportunity to to try it out in a, in a game-like experience is, is pretty much the model for the, for the week, huh? Yeah. I, th- I think that's kind of just what we were looking at. And I think it's again, just the balance of um, what, what we're trying to do is have it be a little bit of structure, but then also mm-hmm. have them have that freedom to play the game and have that competition aspect in there. Yeah. I mean, and the camp is open for, Kids of all ages. I mean, basically five to five to thirteen, five to fourteen, mm-hmm. uh, depending on which web, which email or website you're looking <laughs> at. Uh, that's a huge range of kids, right? So I can see parents at both ends of the age range wondering, like, what's this camp going to look like for my eight year old who's just getting into soccer, and another set of parents asking, how about my thirteen year old who plays for Southeast or for Joy or Chan mm-hmm. Hassan United, like? What are you guys doing to make sure that there this is a good time for everyone and that everyone can learn something? Yeah, well, of course, first of all, they're gonna be split up, so it's not we're not gonna have a twelve year old <laughs> facing a five year old. But um, <laughs> we kind of look into it as 
for me, there's different coaches that kind of specialize with different ages. And that's what we're going to be looking into when we bring in these coaches where it's going to be the five-year-olds, let's say five to six, they will be split up together. And for my philosophy for that type of age where it's maybe like five through nine, it's more, it's less structure, but more fun because that's the Mm -hmm. age where you want to really drive the love of the game and just have them experience that and just wanting to come the next day. Yeah. You know, type of thing for 11 to 13 years old. I think it's more, there is a little bit of structure where we're teaching skills precisely. Um, but also having that freedom to be able to play. Yeah, I mean, like I think you bring up a good point. You know, when you're when you're looking at like the five to seven year old range, you you want them to just start to focus on being comfortable and and enjoying being around a soccer ball versus being like you know a stickler on here's exactly how you should be you know making a pass or here's how you should be defending someone because they just won't get the concepts but it, having that fun element to it i think is is definitely the uh the right the right path to go down for sure and yeah and at, at that age you're still trying to discover i mean <laughs> i don't want to say trying to discover who you are cuz we're still trying to do that but <laughs> <laughs> but you're still trying to discover like how you play the game how what your strengths are what your weaknesses are so you kind of want them to discover that on their own and not tell them hey your your strength is passing that's what you're going to be doing yeah um i mean we we were speaking just about this a little bit ago there's a lot of guys that are were so good at a certain age and then they come 18 19 years old they're they're they have a completely different style or just kind of fell off so i think for me i was when i was i think 13 14 years old i was more of a passing player and if you see me now you would think i don't think this guy ever passed the ball <laughs> i was more of a midfielder you know <laughs> i I think having them discover that um, would be what's ideal for me so they can discover it on their own and learn from their mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's an important point too, to say like part of, part of the objective of the whole week is to give them, give kids opportunities at different positions and teach them lessons that they can take to, to their game at all positions rather than saying, all right, who here's a defender. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to do. Who, who, you know, who here wants to be a striker? Because, of course, everyone's going to say that, especially at a certain age. Um, but it's nice to be able to provide that kind of free-flowing environment where you can feel comfortable trying something different, trying something new, and yeah. understanding, maybe even understanding the, I don't know, the POV of, of players that play on a totally different side of the field than mm-hmm. you're used to. Yeah. So, so what? I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. And it's it's not all only about soccer. I mean, the camp is great for soccer, but, you know, I really want to focus. And I mean, Jonah and I agree on this. We want to focus on the culture and the attitude of the kids coming in. I think playing the game the right way is what's most important. Um, there's a lot of players that might be amazing, but they might be a liability on the field. So making the kids understand the kind of the attitude and the element of culture that be- comes into the game. I mean, we we all know like Mo Salah, you know, he's a guy or Mane, a guy who's loved by people on the field is kind of what we want our players to be, having the right attitude, understanding the game and kind of understanding why we play the game, but also respecting people on and off the field. Yeah. So for the, um, for the parent who's trying to figure out half day versus full day, um, g- give us a little bit of a look at maybe some, uh, you talked a little bit about it, but like, what's the differentiator and why, why should maybe uh, a, a, maybe a certain age, age range of, of kid be maybe part of one versus the other um, when the parents are trying to make the decision? Um, for me, I think in that aspect, it all it kind of depends on the parent and what, what they want and um, what they want their kids to be doing all day, I think. Mm-hmm. Or like if they if they want to go half a day and then be able to have that time later to hang out with them, kind of depending on, I think, for ages that are, for these type of ages where it's like five to 13 years old, they have so much energy that they can go <laughs> up and down the field 
for 20 hours and they'll still be okay. But I mean, the element of when I, when I was kind of coaching and then the kids would come into the morning and then they would play, they play, 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 play. And then they come back and kind of they're at the end, the end of the day, they're tired. I think that's kind of like what I, what I want because at the end of the day they become tired but they also went through this this whole aspect of the day where it's like, okay, I look how much I've did the whole day, basically. Yeah, and there's I, a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I think depending on the parent of what they would want to do um, with the hours, but I think for me, I think a full day is what's ideal. I mean, if I'm if I'm thinking about it as a parent and I just want to drop someone off somewhere that's trusted somewhere that they're going to get a physical activity on, you know, like the past year, it's been difficult to get people outside and to get people around it um, due to COVID. So just having that element of having the kids just be outside and being able to exert that energy that they've been holding in for two years is I think it's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so shifting gears a little bit, we, we would be remiss if we didn't at least ask. So the, 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 the city season is right around the corner, literally right around the corner. Um, what are you looking forward to this this year, and and what can we expect uh, from the team and from Medu in 2021? Uh, I'm looking forward to competing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's one element here that I want to really drive through. Uh, I think for the team, I think we have high expectations. Uh, we we want to win a national championship, and that's kind of what's on the cards for us. Um, so that's, that's what I look forward as a team for me. I think just competing every day. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that sets a goal standard or assist standard. I think I'm the type of guy that goes, okay, I'm going to go into the field. I'm going to do my best and I'm going to try to win the game because for me, if I score five goals and have five assists and we lose 11 to 10, uh, it doesn't matter to me because then we just lost the game. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the element for me is just about winning, and the teams also feels the same way. We just want to win a national championship. When you, uh, I mean, you spent you know your first extended period of time playing with these guys over the fall, and now that you've gone through that league and practiced with the guys all winter uh, indoors, and now we're getting ready for the season to ramp up. Is there? Is there anything that you you just could never have imagined in the fall in the fall that you're like super excited for now, or is there is there any one in particular, any any like formation in particular that you're really excited for because the team is going to be amazing at executing it? I think the camaraderie between the guys on this team is unbelievable. It's I mean, kind of noticed it from the start, but it's kind of getting more and more as we go into the season. And that, I mean, if you remember in the fall, it was kind of like you would have five V five. So like you would have that chemistry between the five V five teams, but you, yeah, not necessarily throughout the, throughout the whole team and coming into the season, just that chemistry starting to build um, between every, all the players is what's it's, what's going to bring us the accomplishments that we're looking for. So that's something that I'm definitely excited for. Just that connection and that chemistry between um, between our players. Not a lot of teams that you can throw the entire, you know, you can throw any eleven out, uh, you know, out of the entire active roster, and expect them to have that kind of chemistry. So I think that's that's one of the benefits for sure of you guys playing together during this very long off season as much as mm -hmm. you have. Yeah, and I, I think we have a lot of special players. So I think it's going to be exciting and there's a lot of competitions, a lot of competition going on right now for people to get. I mean, we know that it doesn't matter really who starts. It's going to be a good team out there. And that's kind of what we're looking for um, in the, in the spring. Nice. Well, Mito, it's all happening, man. Besides the season almost being upon us. Uh, there's just a ton of soccer to get excited for all summer because camps our June 14th to the 18th at Parade Grounds in Minneapolis. There's another camp offered June 21st to the 25th at the National Sports Center in Blaine. And then again, July 12th, my birthday, through July 16th in Eden Prairie. Uh, very exciting 
for all of these kids. And the, the coolest thing is that you can, it's not like if you live in, if you live in Chanhassen, you're not going to have to make the choice of driving to Blaine, right? It's like, there's going to be something happening generally in your backyard if you live in one of the northern or, or, or western or southern suburbs. So that's really great. Cost is what, $310 for the week if you want to do a full day. Uh, it's $185 for the week for a half day. And if you're a family that's got multiple kids, you, you can save 10 bucks uh, by registering them both at the same time. You can register now, mplscitysc.com slash summer camp. do anything else to add about the upcoming Crow Camps? Yeah, I mean, we we are running some scholarships um, depending depending on the players that are coming in. We're also, we do have um, some clearances. So I think if if there is, if someone isn't able to have that price or hit that price, I think if they are able to communicate that with us, we'll be more than happy because I think the most important thing for us and that's something that's important for Minneapolis city is reaching as many players and many people as possible. So just, uh, just that's give awesome. us, give us a phone call. <laughs> is there a, is there a contact contact email or contact number for people to, to reach you guys at if anyone wants to talk about, the, about the camp? There will be, we, uh, we're, we're going to be getting that set up real soon on the new Minneapolis city website. That's coming in the not too distant future. All right. Awesome. If 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 someone needs a phone call to call right now, since we if we don't have that, I think uh, my phone number would be perfect. So it'd be 952-688-3917. All right. All Crow Camp inquiries. Go to Mito Youssef. Mito, thank you so much for joining us once again on the show. Super excited to see the camps in action. Really excited to see you in action starting this Saturday, May 1st, man. Hope you'll All be right. there. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, me too. Yep. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Before we get Tori on, I want to remind people about the upcoming action this Saturday. As if you could forget, the Crows are returning to the field 11 v 11 in front of fans for the first time in what feels like forever. Forever. We are going to be for really forever. We are going to be squaring off against the Karen FA in a friendly over at the beautiful parade grounds uh, near the Sculpture Garden and the Blake School. John, this is the first opportunity of the of the 2021 season for fans to get hyped for mm-hmm. all the new city players. Uh, they can mentally snuggle up to the to the warmth of their old favorites. Uh, it's just going to be it's going to be so satisfying to be there and to see the guys hit the pitch for some city fans. Um, but, but, but some city fans, John, they might recognize a few players on that Karen team, right? It's not just going to be, it's not just going to be like a rec league team. Like these are, these are high caliber, some ex NPSL players. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the most notable names that, that I'm aware of, um, I haven't seen the roster yet, but um, the Hutu brothers Sunday and Kapow, they um, they both played for VSLT. Sunday mm-hmm. played for for Stegmans for a little while, um, and then we have two futures players, Ekuse, who is a goalkeeper, and then uh, Mu Tu, who is um, a winger for for um, the futures program, who featured against the NPSL team last weekend. And um, Ekuse has um, has featured uh, in that against Shattuck St. Mary's. Um, so it's it's nice. It's nice to see that you know some of our 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 future players are going to be going to be lining up against us. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, the whole event's going to be great. Um, it's not going to be a full game day experience. Um, if, if you are attending, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty bare bones. There's not going to be a PA. You're not going to be there on the mic. We're not going to be streaming nope. it. We're not going to have, you know, the, the full stadium experience, um, but we're going to, we're going to have a great game for people to come out and watch. Yeah, uh, John, we've talked about it before, and you 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 just touched on it. I really do expect this current team to be competitive, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this early stage of city season. We've got a, we're going to have a team made up probably of players from across the developmental levels against, as we've mentioned, players that have NPSL experience, players that ha- are at least good enough to be in the Minneapolis city system as well. Um, from what you've seen, John, how do you expect Karen to play, and what what is city preparing for? I mean, I, I think I'll start with the the latter first. I think it's it's less about what we're what we're preparing to face and more about like going about our business. Mm-hmm. So you know the the 
the focus of not only from a formation perspective and a playing style perspective, that's, that's something we've been working on since December. Um, but it's that mindset of like, no matter who we're facing, whatever it is, wherever it is, you know, it's, it's, it's punch in, do the work, punch out and, and get, get a result. So that, that, that's number one, what we're, what I think we're looking for, um, yeah. what to, what to expect. I, I fully expect an organized side that's just going to, that's going to fight hard. And that's going to, like we mentioned, going to have some talented players that we know of some, we probably don't know of. Um, and it, it's just going to be a good opportunity for us to face a different type of opponent. You know, it's not the Shattuck St. Mary's. It's not the Futures program. It's not inner Minneapolis who we've played a preseason friendly against behind closed doors. It's not those type of teams. It, it's a different style of play. Um, and it'll be good for us to see that uh, as we're gearing up for whatever we're going to face from these teams that we don't really know anything about in the MKSL North literally until we play them for the first time. Yeah, it's not like it's not like previous years where we – are getting player announcements coming out of Duluth, coming out of Rochester, where we understand, uh, you know, how they, how they usually operate. So every, every game this season has the potential to be a surprise. And I think this game against Karen is a good warm up to that kind of an environment in, in the NPSL North. That's, that's yeah, a great absolutely. point. Absolutely. That's a great point. So like, like you said, there's no booth. Uh, unfortunately, I'm definitely looking forward myself to being in the stands with the rest of the fans. John, you're going to be on the bench. You're going to be, are you going to be yeah. pacing in the parking lot? <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing up in the trash can. All <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I fully expect you to be put to work, Nate, even though you're not going to be in the booth. Well, we'll find a yeah. job for you to do, but mm -hmm. uh, you'll definitely be able to watch the game. I promise that. Um, yeah, I will be. Um, I'll be. I'll be doing a lot of things. I'll be helping out on the operations side, make sure things are running smooth. Got some new members of the operations and game day staff that's going to be there. The, in, oh, the interns. The interns. Yeah. The intern crop's going to be there. Um, so there'll be a little bit of that. You know, just getting introduced to those folks and getting them. You know, getting them to fall in line right away. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, uh, hopping over to the other side. Um, we have we have some some coach some coaching shifting going on because of state cup this weekend. Um, where our coaches are off coaching their, their other teams that will be ending before the summer season starts. So, um, you know, that's why I'm here. Get called, I get called off the bench to sit on the bench. That's I, I get it, man. I get it. Well, this is a ticketed event, friends. It's not just like you're going to be able to roll up and jump the fence. Uh, we are definitely trying to help the help make some money for current FA. So uh, by all means, if you want to, if you want to get a piece of the action, you're going to have to head on over to mplscitysc.com, click on shop, then tickets, and boom, there you go. You can buy your tickets there. Of course, members get in with just your membership card. You've already paid. You've already paid, and this is one of those games of the many that you're going to get uh, that you're going to get in with just that membership card. So, if maybe you're interested in in grabbing a membership before the season begins. I think now is the perfect time. There's going to be so much soccer. I just was putting it on the calendar, John, between the NPSL, between the UPSL, uh, between uh, playoffs for both of for both of those teams, hopefully, Friendly, potentially. Friendlies later on in the summer. I mean, exactly. I, the, so much. Easily, you get a game every Saturday, a home game every Saturday, almost guaranteed. And what is, what is a membership? 60 bucks, 80 bucks? I don't even remember. We probably say yeah. at the end of it. It's so cheap. Yeah. I think it was 60 bucks. Now it's 80. I think. Yeah. You should do it. Know. Yeah. Just, just go uh, buy it. <laughs> of course, if you want to learn more about, uh, Karen FA, you can head over to Karen FA.com. That's K A R E N F A.com and learn more, uh, as well as see the ways that you can help support them through their, uh, their fundraising efforts. So really excited for this Saturday, really excited to, to see both teams hit, hit the pitch. Uh, I cannot wait. Soccer's a gift. Open it. We have already met some of the new additions to the coaching staff, but tonight we are pleased to welcome NPSL assistant coach and total badass Tori Burnett to the show. Tori, how are you doing tonight? And thank you for taking the time to be with us after a very busy day on the field coaching. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I'm also going to need that added to my job title, please. And thank yeah. you, John. Certified. Yeah, just, that. yeah. Total badass. Yeah. That, it, that should be in like related skills, I think, on the resume. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you were officially introduced, which is hard to believe, many months ago. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. It seems like yesterday. Uh, but we've done a ton of work together since then, and you've had a ton of involvement with the team. Uh, but for 
listeners of the show um, who maybe don't know you, um, you know, beyond the brief knowledge that was in our um, initial announcement that you were joining our staff, um, we ask all of our first time guests, um, tell us your soccer journey, like where you started and all the way through where you're at today. For sure. So I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, and yeah, don't ask me why I moved here. It was for soccer. Don't shout at me. I know it's more beautiful there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up in Colorado, um, started playing, you know, rec soccer when I was in like, and I was four, um, loved it. it was the only sport that I was actually like decent at. So kept at it. Um, played with the pride predators growing up who now are an ECNL club, which is like just so cool to see them and see that club, um, just grow and get so much better. Um, so it was really, really fortunate that I had some, some phenomenal coaches growing up, um, that kind of knew the pathway to get to, to big time soccer and just, you know, taught me a lot of what I know. Um, the, probably my most influential coach, um, her name's Sean Hudson. She was the captain of the Welsh national team in the early what? 2000s. Yeah. Boss now is the head coach at LSU. So she kind of came in and, and turned that club around, um, went to the final four in her first year with UCCS, which is a D2 school in my hometown. Um, so she is an absolute baller. And I was very, very fortunate that she was my, you know, just kind of that, that really influential coach that made me love the game. Um, and yeah, so got me to the University of Minnesota. So I played there for four years under Stephanie Golan. Um, had a wonderful time. I was recruited as an outside back. And then Crystal Seidel, who's now my boss at McAllister, um, decided I was a little too slow and not good enough on the ball to be an outside back. <laughs> um, so luckily she let me be a center back though. So that was awesome. Um, I love center back. I love defending. And yeah, so played for, for four years. We won a couple of big 10 championships. I was very fortunate to play with some really, really amazing players. Um, and then, yeah, graduated. Like I said, Crystal scooped me up. We're, we've been coaching McAllister for the past three seasons together. Um, I bounced around to a couple clubs in the in the area, and I've landed Fusion and Tonka Fusion Elite. Um, so I've been here for – this will be my first full season this summer with them, and I'm really, really excited. I've got a 2008 girls team and a 2005 girls team, and then I also now have City. And that's me. And that's where you're at today. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get introduced to Minneapolis City, Tori? And like, how did that how did that road lead you to taking the job as an assistant coach? What about yeah. the club intrigued you to join the murder? So initially, I was just a fan. So Justin and Tyler Oliver are really good buddies of mine. I um, they were just always around in college, and I I've known them for quite some time now and so the first time I ever watched a city game was literally in the fan in the stands as a fan watching Justin um oh. and so that was in 2019 and you know it was just a really awesome atmosphere you know everyone's singing and it's good soccer really intense soccer just a lot of fun right and so that was my first you know experience with with city and from there it was always on the radar. You know, I always followed Justin, loved watching him play. And um, then, you know, came to Fusion last summer, was coaching a summer camp right next to, to Matt MVB. Um, I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to mess it up and he'll get mad. But <laughs> I uh, was coaching next to him and there were a couple, you know, um, who's there? Samo was there and Jonah was there and something about one of my sessions apparently caught Matt's eye and he's like, yeah, you're good at this. You want to come maybe see what this is about. And, um, at that point, Allie Leapshire was still here. Um, and we were kind of following each other around pretty much coaching all the same teams. So we just went and watched, um, they had a, what was it? Seven V seven, John. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In the fall yeah. league. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in, in the fall, we, we just went and watched and, um, you know, the first thing Allie said was that is the my, the the most diverse field I've seen in Minnesota yet. <laughs> um, it's true. And, you know, it's it's kind of a jokey thing, and it's like, but that like matters a lot to us, and that that's something that we just don't find, you know, 
a lot, especially in the in the women's game. So mm-hmm. that was a really, really big draw to me for sure. And also, obviously, just the level. You know, like I love coaching all of my girls' teams and I love coaching college women. Um, but there's obviously just it's semi-pro men's soccer, right? It's it's just a different mm-hmm. level. So all those things kind of drew me to it. And, you know, I had a couple conversations with Matt and Adam and we decided that it would be a, a beneficial opportunity for both of us. And yeah, so join the staff, I guess, officially in like October, November. And, you know, we really hit the ground running and had sessions on sessions since January. So it's been awesome. How does, so now, now that you've been a, so since you've been a college player and a, a club coach, how does preparation for an NPSL season compare to, to both of those environments? Obviously with, with club coaching, you've got a system that you need to, to adhere to uh, probably a lot like Minneapolis city, but you know, it's totally different to prepare a group of, I don't know, 13 year old girls versus a group of, you know, NPSL ready ready men or your or a group of 21 at prepare as a group of you know 18 to 21 year old women um how does that all differ and and what's the approach that you're taking with uh with this upcoming season yeah and i think you just highlighted like the coolest part of my job is that i have so many different groups of people that i get to work with yeah fun to just kind of like you know every day is different every session is different and it's just really engaging and um and exciting just to be around all those different people. And I would say, you know, uh, one of the things that's, that's tough, we, d- we only train once or twice a week, right? Like in all mm-hmm. the other places I am, we have lots of sessions with lots of time to, to get through all the things we need to get through. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big piece that we have to think about is, okay, what are the things that are most important? Um, and we're really lucky that, you know, the guys that we have coming in are very technical, are very fit or at least getting there. And, you know, we don't have to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on, on those details, but we've definitely worked through um, a lot of our, of our tactical style and what we want to do when we have the ball and when we don't have the ball. Um, and for me personally, uh, I, again, I was a defender in college. I love defending. I think the press is just like when a, when a press is on and like everything is working beautifully, like I could cry. I get so excited. It's so beautiful. It's so exciting to me. Um, and so that's kind of what I've been tasked um, to focus on with these men. And it's been really, really fun and different because it, it is very different. You know, again, pressing 13-year-old girls is very different than pressing NPSL men, right? Mm-hmm. They can hit they can hit different balls and get out in different ways. So it's been really, really fun figuring out how to um, bring that expertise to this level. Um and I, I'm really happy with where we're at now. You know, I, the, the conversations around what we do and why we do it are, are engaging and really test my knowledge, but it's awesome. And I think that, um, I think we're in a really good spot. I mean, again, I've only been here for a couple months, but the guys who have been here for a while all say the same thing that we're way more organized than we ever have been coming into to the first game of the season. So that's really exciting. So there was a lot of buzz around like our our slice of the soccer pie <clears throat> when Minneapolis brought in not only yourself but also Allie for a short period of time before we loaned her out to a professional club, <laughs> um, <laughs> which it, it really it, it, the buzz around it really revolved around the fact that it, it is the first time in NPSL history where not, there's more more than one female on a coaching staff, and and I mean from a club perspective we believe that regardless of gender gender a quality coach and a quality soccer mind is a is a quality coach or a quality soccer mind and and I, I think in my opinion you know you've made a huge impact um in your first preseason what's the reception been like not only from the guys on the team so far but also maybe some other people that you come across in your other coaching opportunities or jobs in the cities yeah and you know I think it was it was an adjustment period for both of us for sure and then by both of us I mean the players and myself and initially it's literally just them learning how to listen for my voice because my voice is obviously very different than mr adams over there with his <laughs> crazy voice sometimes Bill- you know what i mean billowing yes. baritone voice yes so that's like definitely something that you just literally your ears have to get listened that, that, that have to get ready and ready for it you know and i i asked 
I, I ran a session in February for the first time, kind of by myself. I was the the head or the lead role for that, that night. And I asked them afterwards, I was like, how many of you have ever been like actually coached by a woman before? And nobody mm-hmm. raised their hand out of 40 guys. I thought so, that'd be the case. And mm-hmm. you know, for some reason that kind of blew my mind and I guess it shouldn't have, but um, yeah. So I feel really lucky that people are trusting me enough to be in this role. Um, and you know, for me, I think the turning point was, after a few of those sessions and after they saw kind of what I was talking about and saw that it was working, um, players coming up to me after sessions and just asking questions and being like, Hey, did you see this? What did you think about this? Where was I here? When the players come and ask you for your opinion or advice or what have you, that's when I feel like, you know, they, they trust me enough to, to hear what I'm saying. So, I'm very fortunate that that I feel like I'm there with with a lot of the players and Matt and Adam are are phenomenal and all of you guys have been super welcoming to me. Um, and I think that's really important, you know, like as much as you can say, yeah, a good coach is a good coach regardless of gender. That's still really different when somebody, you know, when a woman walks in the door for the first time. And so I think that you guys mm-hmm. have done a really awesome job welcoming me elevating my voice opening space for me to to have a voice um and again i think i think that's really important it goes both ways right like i trust myself you guys trust me and now that i'm in the door and everything's open and ready and we all know what to do like we're just we're running on all cylinders for sure what about from outside outside the club anyone within you know tonka fusion um you know parents anyone like that has anyone Given you are any, I, any are eyebrows raised about? when you say you're a, you're an NPSL coach? I get a lot of hell yeah. That's, <laughs> nice. that's yeah. the response. It's like hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, every once in a while, you know, other people will ask, How does that work? or what's that what's going on? A lot of people ask me that know me, they're like, Wait, you're coaching Justin Oliver? That's amazing. Do you make him run all the time? I'm like, not quite. <laughs> can't, can't quite do that. But like, no, he's la- he's lazy. He, he only runs when he, he runs- wants to. He's, he's been he's got so a pulled better. groin half the time. Hey, he's been, he's been so much better this season. I I swear he's he's on a different level. I swear he he is totally. Is. I, um, I concur on that. But yeah, I think it's 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 initially it's shock. Always they're like, wait, whoa, men, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, it's sweet. And then and then it turns into a hell yeah, good for you, go crush it type of thing. So it's been awesome. Nice. Nice. There seems to be. You you touched on it a little bit. There seems to be an erosion, like this generational shift, really, in how things are being done in the sports world. And you, between the NFL, the NBA, the Jill Ellis to the MLS rumors, like there is this exciting erosion of, of the idea that the old way of sports, like things in sports don't work unless they're done a certain way, right? That's That's flying out the window very, very quickly. So working as you do with, with younger generations, do you think this is just the tip of the iceberg? Like, are we standing on, uh, on the precipice of something really, really great here for, for the sport, for women, for everyone participating? I hope so. And you know, the, the funny thing is, is if you ask any female athlete ever, raise your hand if you've been coached by a male, every single one of them would, would raise their hand. Of course. If, if you ask them, have they ever been coached by a female? I bet probably only half, maybe two thirds, you know? So like, that's for me, that's like the initial pieces. I want more women coaching women and young girls just because having that role model again, for me, like that is such a turning point in my life and such seeing a strong, badass female, like take it to those big, big boy clubs and like beat the mm-hmm. crap out of them. Love that. Like that inspired me to do what I'm doing now. Right. Um, but I do think, you know, again, like you look at like Becky Hammond, right? Who's just like over there smashing mm-hmm. it with the Spurs and yeah. everybody who's around her says, yeah, this is, this is the way it works. This is, she's a great coach and we just move on. And I think no matter where you are, more diverse opinions and, and views on the game and on the world is a good thing, right? And if you only ever have one gender, one race, one age, giving you ideas and giving you solutions then of course it's going to remain in the status quo so i think as much as we can diversify in all areas and elevate a multitude of different voices that maybe haven't had the table Mm -hmm. i think that it'll 
continue to grow any and all sports, at least I well, hope. Well, there's always there's always room for innovation. I mean, in no matter what sport you're in. And, you know, like like Nate mentioned, it's it's just that mind shift that it can come from someone who you may think is non-traditional in, in your specific sport. And I, I think it's great because you have to have innovation in sport and you have to be inclusive of all opinions, whether you agree with them or not, because that's what continues to push the game, wh whatever game you're in further. And I, I think that, I think you, you both nailed it. I think it's, it's, it's an awesome thing to see and it's only going to get, get even greater over time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Tori, when I was at practice, I saw you jump in and start playing 11 aside in training. <laughs> and that's definitely something I've never seen Adam do. I've never seen Matt do. I've never seen any of the city coaches over the last six years do. How valuable is it, do you think, for a player to have a coach that can experience what they're putting up on the whiteboard in real time from a player's perspective and, and understand what everyone is seeing? Yeah, I that kicked my ass. I'm just gonna throw that out there. There are men. <laughs> well, you were to be fair. You were playing like right wing when, like yeah. you said, you're you're yeah. a defender, so I'm, or center back. So that's I get I it. Know. I thought about being center back, <laughs> and then I thought about having to chase down Midu, and I said no way. So <laughs> no, it was it was really really awesome actually. Because again, I think for me, my mind always thinks defensively, and that was what big piece that I was trying to figure out is in the press, where do we want those forwards to be? How can we manipulate this a little bit? And so you're right, like being there and seeing it, again, the the, the highest level I played at was collegiate women's soccer, right? So seeing NPSL men and how they move, and again, just the angles are completely different because they can play different passes and they mm -hmm. can move a little bit differently. Um, so yeah, honestly, I think it helped a lot. I think I definitely need to, do, to up my cardio a little bit for sure as well. So just <laughs> lots of learning for sure. I mean, <laughs> I can speak from experience. I, I used to do that a lot and I have slowly stopped. And then last fall in that sevens league was honestly the point in time. Not that was anymore. it. That was it. It's not for me anymore. Ah, uh, that would have been, been a tough Tough day for John Bizworm. Yeah, the defibrillator needed to be charged up on the <laughs> sidelines. Oh, man. Earlier on the show, uh, Midu pointed out that girls' teams, women's teams in Minnesota are just good. They're just flat out consistently better than men's sides here around the state. Do you find, do you agree? Do you find that that's true? And, uh, and as a coach of girls, like women and men all together, but separately, what do you attribute that to that the, the women's women's development in the state is seems to be better right now? Yeah, I think if you I mean, again, it depends on where you're looking and it depends on obviously like Minnesota, you know, up until St. Thomas went is going D1, went D1. Who knows what's happening with that? Right. But, mm -hmm. you know, the only Division one program in the state was the Gophers. Right. So. That one just allows you a, a better pathway there. Um, I just think it's different, right? I don't think maybe one is better than the other. But I also think that if you look across the board at, at the boys who play sports in Minnesota, who, what are the big sports in Minnesota for boys? Hockey, Hockey. basketball, lacrosse. I don't know, baseball, lacrosse probably football. Growing. Yep. But soccer, we, we still didn't hit soccer yet, right? If, what are the big sports in Minnesota for girls? Still hockey, volleyball, basketball, mm -hmm. soccer. Those are probably pretty much the only four. So, again, I think there's just, like, more opportunity and more diversity in the boys' side to play more sports, uh, which, is, sure. which is good. But, you know, obviously that just spreads your talent thinner. So, girls, and again, you, you see the women's national team everywhere, right? And everybody, every little girl wants to be Alex Morgan. Every little girl wants to be Mallory Pugh, right? Like those are really cool humans to be. And so that is um, something to strive for. And I think that that drives a lot of, of young girls to play soccer because the women's national team is arguably the most 
visible team, women's team. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the world, probably, right? In the world. Like, for you sure. Can't, you can't name a softball team or a volleyball team or you know, any other team like that. And maybe maybe women's hockey in, in Minnesota, right? They do a great job. Maybe yeah, maybe WNBA. Maybe WNBA maybe. too, for sure. You know, but, like one or two players, but you know you know one of them because they're Megan Rapino's wife. Absolutely, right? You know Sue Bird. <laughs> you know yep. Sue Bird, right? And so that's what I'm saying is I think that social media and just that that image really does drive a lot of people to the sport um so i think that we just we we gather more the the net is broader for on the girl side to get more players and therefore you're getting more talented players um across the board versus boys just have a little bit more opportunity um to play different sports which is not a bad thing but again just spreads the talent a little bit thinner yeah that makes total sense so last question before we dive into one of our world famous games here. We love the games on the show. Um, so this Saturday we take on last preseason friendly, which each season is our highest profile match in the preseason and what you could kind of call our dry run before we go live. Um, but this match has another significance as you're going to be leading the Crows as the head coach. Talk to, uh, talk to, talk us through what that means for you and what your expectations are for your first match in charge, other than it being your dry run for when MVB gets kicked out at some point. Inevitably <laughs> True. The red card is coming. <laughs> I, I think it's a good thing to, to give me the reins for a second, just because the odds that that happens where him and both him and Adam get kicked out are probably high. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I'm still not really sure why, who, who let me be in charge, but I'm here for it. We'll make it happen. Um, I know I'm really excited. I think it's, we finally have a beautiful Saturday to play some soccer, which of course, Minnesota, you know, we were, were sitting there in the snow last weekend and we're going to have 80 degrees and a beautiful field to play on this weekend. So hoping that brings out some beautiful play from us. Um, and like I said, I, I'm really happy with where we're at. I think that the players have really bought into what we're trying to do. Things feel really fluid. The vibes are really good. Like John, you're on the the group chat. Like everyone's mm -hmm. ragging on each other and just having a great time and, and interacting with each other. So I think that's great. Um, yeah. I think expectations are just to play well, right? Like I don't care about the score. I don't really care about what happens. I just want us to continue to build our product and continue to build our style of play and just feel really, really confident with what we're bringing um, to that first game in the NPSL. Awesome. The first part now on to the hard part. Uh, we played Ooh. many games. On, <laughs> we've, we played many games on the show uh, and we have a new here. So Crofax, here's how it works. Uh, pretty cut and dry to be honest with you. We're going to ask you questions that are they can be about the club, club. maybe a player. Just about. Um, all we're asking for is for you to give your best shot at the answer. If you give the answer, right. if you don't, you know, um, it could be. <laughs> Every person has gone through this. The example question question wrong. So um, expectation, a, which is not a good sign. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a good sign. Uh, so an example question would be like, what member of the Crows coaching? by the nickname smash and you would adam adam pribble so you, you're yep. pretty one for one you're probably going for that right so uh, the, how could it be anybody right. else well no I mean, the, we, we the usual example different. is who's the shortest ever crow wasn't it and it was it's always wexler yeah. oh about something that i think you would know i know those other. questions um so you got don't want to got it so does the game well, make sense? We're on the same wavelength. Yes, we're on the same same wavelength, John. So that's good. Okay, good, good. So uh, makes sense. You good to go? Got you. Okay. So question number one: In our five years in the MPSL, we have seen pretty much the same cast of opponents that we've murdered. Can you name the three? <laughs> can you name the three teams that no longer are with us in the MPSL North of oh, those God. past five years? One of them we never played a game against. Yes. There's absolutely no way. I, but I know. <laughs> Do you know any um, of the other teams around Minnesota, perhaps, that no longer are teams? 
I mean, FC Minnesota, but obviously they, because they went up, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. There's no, there's no way. I pass. Okay. Can I the pass. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you, you could, but I think that our, our, uh, our free technology that we have on this show uh, might not allow us to bring another person in. <laughs> My this friend is going to be you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, if you're phoning me, the answer is the Minnesota Twin Stars. Uh, uh, VSLT. Which no Nate stands? Nate stands for what? Uh, viejos son los trapos. Yep. The old rags. Then, yep, the old rags. And then the team that Nate was alluding to would be the Milwaukee Torrent, which we just feared out of the division after the COVID season. <laughs> there you um, go. They're going to pretend like they were too good. They were too good for the division, but we know better. Yeah, we yeah. know better. Um, I think they, I think they've won four games in three years. There oh, you go. That's that a good there. stat. <clears throat> yep, uh, real great stat. Um, Number two, question number two. Okay, so we're not off to a great start, but we have, nope. we have two more. We have two more. Uh, number two, Belgrade, Minnesota, which don't worry. I have what? no idea that that exists. The Serbs either. are here? But, yeah. Belgrade, Minnesota is known for what crow-related fact? Belgrade, Minnesota. Is that a real place? It is a real yes. place. I, I, I did the research on this one. Looked it up. You got to know that my geography skills are like at a zero percent, so that doesn't mm-hmm. help. Um, well, well, I mean, think about the na- fact. Yeah, yeah. Is that where the most murders from a crow happen <laughs> in Minnesota? Most people oh. oh man, love it. One, one person. Not the answer, right. but but the only I, person I, to be I, killed by a crow in Minnesota was in that city. <laughs> Uh, that is not correct, but A for I love it. That um, made you both laugh. That that, yes. that counts. Belgrade, Minnesota, which really no one should know where it is unless you live there, is the home of the world's largest crow. They have a twenty foot tall, three thousand pound crow that was built in nineteen eighty eight to celebrate the hundredth anniversary of Minnesota becoming a state. I don't know how that all correlates together. Makes total not- sense. Is it a I, state bird the loon, though? Yes. yes. Maybe yeah, they what? started it as a loon and it was totally fucked up. So they turned it into a crow. <laughs> like, oh, well, if we put red eyes in this thing, that's going to be real creepy. So never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a crow. Yeah. So w- what I like to say, though, is even if you don't do well at this game, it's a learning experience for the person playing it to now learn about the bird. Belgrade, uh, so, Minnesota. Yep, yep. So road trip, we're gonna get a team picture in front of the world's there tallest crow. Okay, <clears throat> last question. This is the redeemer. I'm road hoping. Uh oh. <laughs> in the summer of 2019, Dutch street art group Comp Seedorf came to town to put up some crow-related murals around the city, as well as a Prince mural on the Greenway. Which crow legend did they put up on the side of the club shop? I want to say Bob, but I don't think it is. <clears throat> is it a that, goalkeeper? Uh, no, Matt did have a mural, but his was in uh, in Riverside. I mean, okay, you're well, not... those two those two did have murals, though, right? Bob had one, and Matt had one. Yes, you're correct. Bob's, I think, was more closer to downtown, uh, but on the side of the club shop where i'm sure you've been to pick up all of the merch that you've ordered <laughs> i have been there once and i honestly can't remember who's on the side that's so sad it's okay it's okay crow facts is hard it's not for everybody who is it that's gonna be junior oh dang that's right so I thought you might get that one. I mean, you started Dang off it. with a with a bang. You got the test question right. I know. So, uh, or the 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 freebie right. But uh, but I I did throw some heart some hearts about you. But now you know more about the league. Now I know. You know more about Belgrade, Minnesota, and now you know that. <laughs> yeah. It, it is Martin Brown Jr. on the side of the uh, of the club shop. There we go. We know all those things. Yes. Yeah, Tori, it's been it. that it's it's been super awesome talking to you. Uh, you know, every once in a while I I'll, I'll say personally every once in a while John have John and I have an interview where someone that we've never talked to before that just is uh 
just the, the whole interview just is, it just glides. It's so great. This was great. <laughs> this was so much fun. Uh, so I'm really excited to see you, uh, see you on the sidelines on Saturday. Super excited to see you on the sidelines for the rest of the season. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a great one. And I, I got it before we, before we sign off, I got to get your prediction. Uh, NPSL standings by the time July 30th rolls around. What do you got? Oh, city to the moon. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> you know it. There we go. Tori Burnett, assistant coach of Minneapolis city. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you and talk to you many times again in the future. I guarantee. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful night. All right, go eat dinner. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. So that is all for this week's show, folks. Thank you to our new show sponsor, footballstadiumprints.com. You guys, seriously, we have started a trend partnering with footballstadiumprints.com. They are so hot right now, just kicking out (laughs) versions upon versions of every awesome stadium in the world with their new line drawing style. Uh, Too many to even list. So just go check out their stuff and and buy Mm -hmm. something. And remember, footballstadiumprints.com, maybe... An English bloke in Scotland, a British bloke, I guess you could say, in Scotland, a Scottish. Wait, bloke, he's in whatever. Scotland. Whatever, he's <laughs> he's he's in that. <laughs> uh, but he uh, may just be a single guy in in a European country kicking out some great <laughs> art. <laughs> but all all U.S. orders ship right from the U.S. There are no additional international shipping charges, which is is, is pretty huge. And what's better? City fans, you can head over to footballstadiumprints.com, check out the new Edor Nelson shirt and print designs, and use the code CROWS10 to save 10% off your, your, your purchase. So that's nothing's crow, better. That's, nothing's better. That's CROWS10, and you can rock the home of the Crows or any of the other lesser teams, I suppose, whenever you go uh, out on the town. Thank you again to our friends at footballstadiumprints.com. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game, like our upcoming summer camps, as well as our Futures Program Scholarship Fund. So consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. The season is literally right around the corner, a few days away, um, and I'm sure there's questions abound out there that people want to have about whether it's poor things about the team people want to investigate or any questions we can possibly answer. So send us mail. It's super easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, complain to Dan. You can hit up the club at <laughs> on Twitter at MPLSCitySC. Thanks for joining us this week. Awesome show. That does it for us. Man, Nate, we covered a lot. Yeah, I a lot of ground. I'm John. That was Midu Youssef and Coach Tori Burnett. And of course, that was Nate. We are back Saturday, friends. So get your tickets and do not miss out. And you got hooked.